Welcome to episode 5 of the Naturally Abilene Podcast. Glad to be back with you. Took a week off for the 4th of July, and I'm sorry I'm a day late getting this uploaded. Uh, sometimes when you come back from vacation, you kind of get out of a rhythm, and uh, I actually just forgot to upload yesterday, so I uh, apologize for that. Really happy with the podcast we have for you today. I've, Alex and I talk a little bit about the uh, new nominee for the Supreme Court, and actually touch a little bit about um, working uh, in Abilene in the summer and how it's a little different than during the school year. Then we have a great conversation with Cami Garvey. She is the owner and uh, one of the lead instructors at the Abilene Yoga House. She does a great job of, of working in different places um, and, and making yoga approachable and, and something that everybody could get into and really enjoy. So that was a really fun conversation. And as always, we have what's up in Abilene this week. Short list. Um, obviously, it's the summer and different things going on, but short list this week and then uh, our marketing tip of the week as always. So let's not waste any more time and let's get to my conversation with Alex and then the rest of the podcast. All right, we're back again from... Uh, we're-, we're back. Okay, we're back from our Fourth of July break, and uh, we have a very special episode, a special rendition of Grant and Alex talking. It is Alex's birthday. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Big 2-7. Do you feel a year older? Um, I do, only because my baby's been kicking me all night long, so I feel like that put me in a different level of life this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's true. That's, that is a <laughs> mark of life that's a little different than a normal birthday. <laughs> that's awesome. Well... Um, we won't get too hung up on your birthday and wishes and, and those types of things, but I'm hopefully you're throwing a, you know, a birthday party with air castles and cotton candy and all sorts of fun things. You're all invited. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, let's start with the big news of the week, which is obviously uh, President Trump naming his nominee um, to the Supreme Court to fill Anthony Kennedy's uh, position. Is it Anthony Kennedy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to talk off the top of my head. And, and it's been a long couple yeah, weeks off. Yeah. Um, obviously, he did it um, primetime Monday. Uh, that made his announcement. Obviously, it didn't feel like, at least for me, the as big of pop and circumstance as the first one did. And I'm not sure that that's just because it's the first time. I mean, timing's not, different. Yeah, timing's different. and. Um, there's all the drama surrounding Obama with his, you know, hitting a lame duck and, yeah. nomination. And, 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 you know, the Democrats try to get a little bit of that going this time, but obviously had to no avail. Um, yeah, the truth is, is it, and I don't know if it's because of the, the circumstances and people talking about it ahead of time and things like that, but I didn't even watch the announcement when it was happening. It was not something that I was glued to. It, it very much felt like... I was going to get all the information I needed from Twitter, you know, the news that they were going to tell me the name, which was all that you'd be turning it in. I was going to get it just as fast off Twitter than I would off of um, watching on TV so I could go about watching, you know, a rerun of The Office, which is what I was doing. Well, I think that brings up a good point that I think this could, whether you're liberal or conservative, this went just about as well as any of us could have hoped. I mean, it, it wasn't Trump coming in and trying to pick the youngest, most conservative 
um, judge that he could find, and it wasn't. It, I, I think it it is a good middle of the road pick, all things considered, for who Donald Trump is and what his party represents. Well, I mean, you had some people come out, um, you know, and I'm just going off of what I read and what I was able to see, but you had people like Steve Bannon, who tends to be um, considered kind of the far right, who said he not only was he good with the pick, but he predicted it. And then you have Rick Santorum, who was kind of CNN's go-to Republican on those panels that they do, saying that he basically bowed down to the elites and and ignored the conservatives in the party. And so... Which isn't true. I mean, you look at at Kavanaugh's record, and that's not... That felt very much... um, If you read, you know, and I just got in and watched it, it didn't mean I wasn't paying attention. Um, You read a lot of the articles. There was a, a candidate, one of the... Shortlist people was from Pennsylvania, which is where Rick Santorum was from. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he was pushing that person relatively hard, um, so it did come across as a little bit sour grapes. Um, now, there there have been thoughts and and rumors that this is something that Trump would have a little bit harder time getting past because of of Kavanaugh's connection to um, George W. Bush and, and things like that of the, the political establishment of the Republican party, which has been, but the rehab of George W. Bush has been so immense over the past couple of years. I thought that play, I thought him being a former aide to GW had a really profound effect. I mean, especially at least with our generation, I think it it really kind of quelled some fears, you know, that that's the first, one of the first lines I saw in Kavanaugh and every, in every, bio um, information article that I read about Justice Kavanaugh now is that he was an aide to former President George W. Bush. I think you're absolutely right when it comes to um, traditional conservatives and maybe even some Democrats. Um, I think where you're going to hear a little bit of noise is kind of on the Tea Party side. Um, mm-hmm. That You got to remember that Tea Party was, in my opinion, just as much a rise, um, not just as much, but had... Something to do with backlash to traditional conservatives of the George Bush, George H. W. Bush era, mm-hmm. as it was Obama. Now, granted, it was it was mainly against the Democrats and Obama and those types of things. But um, there was a reason why they railed against the establishment and why a lot of establishment candidates lost over those years. Those were George W. Bush type Republicans that were getting beat by the Tea Party. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think in the mainstream, George W. Bush's Reputation has been rehabbed, but I think the people that are saying that as a negative is not actually the Democrats or the moderates. It's the Tea Party right that that. See they that were never going to be happy with a pick, whether I mean, unless it was a Tea Party judge. Well, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. You know, there there are some people that think that which I don't Trump, believe Kavanaugh is right. No, I don't. I think he. I mean, he is. Connect, I mean, connected through and through. I mean, his his background is through Ken Starr, which was Republicans fighting back against Clinton during the... He was the, an investigator season. of mm-hmm. President Bill Clinton during his impeachment. And, and nominated by George W. Bush and married a George W. Bush aide who <laughs> uh, we found... And I found out last night. I had no idea. I'm not, I'm not keeping up with the rosters of the judicial court nominees, but... Um, the nominee's wife, Kavanaugh's wife, is uh, an Abilene girl. Yeah, and before we jump into this hotly contested, I'm telling you, this is a topic. conversation that we need to have. <laughs> I and do just want to. You l- don't think it's a conversation we need to have? Doesn't mean that this isn't going to be the most listened to podcast 
section because we'll find out whether yeah so before we move on from that though i do want to say i want people to reach out to us um alex or grant at liveoddlynatural.com and let us know what you think about the supreme court nominee i mean whether you care or not you've definitely seen news about it and let us know if it um um made you hopeful or got made you discouraged or because i mean the reality is just kavanaugh will help shape a lot of what our future looks like he could be on it for 30 40 plus years so shoot us an email let us know what you think now let's talk about mrs kavanaugh being from west texas so if you're unfamiliar what we're talking with which would make sense since we haven't really introduced it last night during his acceptance of the nomination speech Judge kavanaugh <laughs> said that he married a woman or girl can't remember the phrasing from the heart of west texas abilene <laughs> And everyone should have stood up and applauded. And, I mean, that should have been the least of our worries last night. Well, I know uh, our our state rep, Stan uh, Lambert, said something about it on Twitter. I know a couple of people that I follow on Twitter made some comment about it. But I think all of our local reps mentioned it. Yeah, I think the most interesting part of that was the calls that I got from friends of mine that live in Midland or live, you know, work in the old industry further west of, of here that in fact asked me to cut up that conversation that part of the speech so they could have it on video file of one of the most potentially most powerful person in America a, a Supreme Court justice calling Abilene West Texas <sighs> so I'll put it to you is Abilene West Texas yes absolutely so, geography culture I don't see how you slice it any other way and Midland Odessa people <sighs> who are as far as like five hours from the western border of Texas. That's fine, but they can be they can be upset. Abilene is West Texas. That's all I have to say about it. I mean, I look, I, I I'm with you. Like I didn't even realize this was a conversation. I started her up when I was at, in Lubbock when I went to Tech. That like I would say like I'm from you know born west West Texas. Abilene people are like ah. So what do you think of when you hear Central Texas? Because to me, (laughs) West Texas, East Texas, South Texas evokes a very kind of like cerebral reaction. You get, you feel emotions, you know, you you think East Texas, you think Nacogdoches, you think green trees, you think um, hills, landscape, you think South Texas, you think beaches, Houston, Galveston, there's a feel to it. West Texas has a, has a very significant feel to it. And what do you think of when you think of Central Texas? See, and this is this is where I think this is a really fascinating conversation because I think everybody has their own viewpoint on it. And I think if you sit there and think about it, it's like I think if you sit, if you're sitting, everyone doesn't have their own to, viewpoint on this. If you're listening to this in your car and you stop somewhere, ask that person to describe Abilene geographically because I'm under the opinion that when you're talking about Central Texas, I'm not thinking about it vertically. I'm thinking about it horizontally. I don't think of anything. Central Texas as up and down. I think of it as across. So when I think Central Texas, I think Austin. I don't think Austin is in the central part of vertically Texas, but it is, in my opinion, in in the horizontally. And so I think it's either East Texas or West Texas vertically, and then there's North, Central, and South Texas going down. But does geography even really matter that much when we're talking about these uh, nomenclatures? I mean, I think... I guess. It was, it was a... In Texas, it's a culture. I'm it's not a joking. feeling. I had I had a call and a text from pe- from different people within f- within 20 minutes of this of this 
Uh, I know, I couldn't believe you want to talk about this. And then the more we get into it, yeah, I mean, we had a whole office debate about it this morning, Ant, about about West Texas versus Central Texas. And Well, sir, it wasn't really, I mean, it is a debate, but it's more like, I mean, I think everybody here that lives here considers Abilene West Texas, but it, it was like, could it even and be an argument? And strongly, yeah. fervently, I, I think. Could I you mean, even make an argument that it's not West Texas? No, no, you could not. And I refuse to hear any anything otherwise. So let us know. Uh, this obviously, <laughs> we'll have a link to this on our Facebook page, on our Instagram. Um, send us an email. Um, do you do you, have you have ever had this conversation with anybody else? Um, and, and do you care? Are you as passionate <laughs> about our West Texas heritage as I am? Let us know. Defend us against Midland Odessians. They're just mad because their George W. Bush fame is sweltering under our new justice, new justice light. All right. Well, that's enough. That's a good 12 minutes on the Supreme Court justice that hasn't even gone through the nomination or hasn't even <laughs> gone through the vetting process yet of the Senate. So we'll, we'll revisit this if, if he get, gets confirmed. But um, obviously, we I, one of the things I want to move to something a little bit local, a little bit more business related was um, obviously last week, if you're listening to this, this is being recorded the week after 4th of July in 2018. Um, this city, for the most part, seemed to shut down, relatively speaking, after Tuesday. It was one of those weird national holidays that was like right smack dab in the middle. Um, I think this is a Thursday. Obviously, everybody works until Wednesday afternoon, takes, you know, travels, whatever they're going to do. Take off Thursday. Everybody takes off Friday. No big deal. Um, but it was very, you know, worked, we worked until Tuesday. We took took Wednesday and Thursday off for travel and I was back in town on Friday and I wasn't, we didn't have any meeting, I didn't have any meeting scheduled, anything like that. I was just kind of, actually I was up at Monk's for most of the day. I didn't even come into the office. Um, yeah, Monk's was even emails. open on the 4th. Do what? Monk's was even open on the 4th. Yeah. Thanks, Monk's. Um, <clears throat> so, so, but it kind of led to my bigger question of like, abling during the summer. Um, you know, we're, we're a B2B. We work with other businesses. We help them, try to help them grow. Um, we're putting a renewed emphasis on websites. We do amazing, amazing websites um, and, and put a lot of effort and a lot of thought and, and practice into them and try to get them to turn around really, really quickly. Um, but there are times where it can feel like you're talking into the void during the summer. Abilene is such a family-oriented community, which is one of the best-selling points we have and, and um, one of the things we love about it, but that means that people are on vacations at different times. I mean, I'm sure if you sit and listen, you you may or may, may not have been on vacation, but you know someone that's been on vacation, and they're on vacation this week, and your cousin's on vacation the next week, and you're on vacation the next week. I think that's part of Abilene's charm. I, I think so, too, but... I can't imagine living in a city like Dallas where if anyone wants to get a hold of me at any time... It is acceptable, <laughs> you know? I mean, I think we all need those breaks. I mean, we all need those kind of just mental um, mental gaps to, to be refreshed and renewed. And I, for one, I love that I get those in Abilene where I know that there's so many other people that um, I'm working with and collaborating with that are also in those in those seasons of life, just kind of enjoying and relaxing. And, and the best part about it is I know that once September hits, we are – I mean, going. We are hitting the wall. There's we're we're getting back to work. Um, it's nice to have this kind of season. But I agree, Abilene very much lives in these um, 
seasons of rest and then seasons of extreme work. Yeah, it's just, it's just it's interesting because when you're working, there are things to be done. You know, we we are working with clients on you know basically every day. Last week we had something to do with another client except for Wednesday uh, and Thursday, um, but then we have other clients. You know, we may be working with two clients, but the other two clients have some sort of vacation that week or, or off or don't need anything. Um, and then it switches and then it's someone else is doing something. And so it's, it's not like that. Like you said, once, you know, Labor Day hits where everybody's in town, everybody's trying to, you know, rock and roll. And, um, do you think that makes it, you know, that, how do you think that affects the economy? First of all, do you think, do you, do you agree with kind of the way I feel about that or, um, or do you think it is pretty consistent throughout? And then, um, you know, what are, what are kind of the pros and cons of, of working in an environment like that? I think the cons are that everyone's on the same page. I mean, everyone, you know you that... Mean the pro, one of the pros. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, definitely. One of the pros is that everyone is on the same page. Um, is that we... The, um, there's not a lot to get frustrated about, I guess in Abilene during the summer seasons because whether you're a client, whether you're a business working for that client, you know that it's summer. It's summer in Abilene. And people have families. And Abilene is so family-focused that kids are out of school. It's the one time where you really get to focus on yourself and your family. And I love that Abilene is okay with that. Um, I, I, I love I see it in not just our business and a multitude of businesses. I mean, restaurants, everything. You know, we, I worked with the guys over at Betty Rose's for the Freedom Festival. And that's what we talked about is how, you know, slow summertime really gets for restaurants. But how, you know, we, 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 we recognize that. We prepare for it in the restaurant industry. And we ride it out. And we, and we don't get angry about it. You know, we don't get um, upset or... or um, or scared about it because we know that that's Abilene and that once September hits, the people are going to come back and the families are going to come back and people are going to start getting out and doing things again. So I think, you know, everyone's on the same page. It's kind of nice to have that kind of communal feeling of, hey, we're all just kind of doing what we do and 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 relaxing right now. And come September, we're going to hit it hard for another six months again until Christmas or so. And then everyone takes another two weeks off so or so. And then... We hit it hard through the spring, and I, I like that cycle. As far as cons go, I can't. I do think it's a little bit difficult to get out of those cycles sometimes. Um, I think for everyone, it's a little bit difficult to to stay as motivated as you need to, to stay as um, inspired, and and to keep creating or working or serving or whatever it is. Um, maybe there needs to be a little bit more consistency there. But again, I, I don't know. I mean it. It's nice to know that your whole community is just kind of relaxing, but that you will all get back to it. Yeah, and and I know like we're lucky. We work in um, you know, I can I can build websites. We can do Facebook posts. We can do you know graphic design from anywhere because our laptops are basically we come into the office for the collaboration and the and the speaking with each other. But the truth is, we could do everything you know, from where we want to be. And so, um, that gives us some freedom to, um, I know for me, like personally, I'm not, I, I am always, you know, I, I got made fun of, not fun. I got given a hard time by my best friends in college. Um, they, you know, they said I had fear of missing out that I, I, I FOMO. yeah, I, I really, that's why we connect so well. <laughs> I didn't, I never wanted to miss something. I always wanted to make sure I was a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and I can have that way too if I do go on vacation or go on trips. Um, I never because we are B two B, and I always want us to be kind of available to our clients. You know, I I took my first real vacation since college spring break was uh, last year when I went with some friends down to Costa Rica um, in November and. It was amazing because I I was so far away from Abilene and it like it wasn't like just like a day trip to Dallas or whatever, which is what I had considered vacation to that point. I was completely removed, but we stayed at a place that had internet and sure enough, every day there was just some a little bit a couple things that I needed to get done and I was able to get those things done, you know, quickly. And not and, everywhere can you be where people understand that. I mean, who cares if it's spring break in Dallas? Who cares I mean even you know, place, I mean, even not as big as Dallas, there's a lot of people who'd be like, who cares? You know, but Abilene understands that. Abilene, I think, welcomes that, that, hey, you're on spring break, good for you, taking some time for yourself, as long as you're answering my emails, and as, as long as you're um, still communicating with me, which we always are, thanks to technology these days. Um, I think Abilene appreciates that. Yeah, dude, go take some time for yourself. Good for you. Haunt me. Be with your family, be with your friends, haunt me when you get back. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to end it there. Um, coming up next is your marketing tip of the week. And then later on, um, our conversation of the week. This week's marketing tip is pretty simple. It's to Google your business. Every once in a while, you want to make sure you take some time, Google your business, and see where you rank. See where your competitors rank, see where you rank, and see what you could do to increase your search engine optimization, SEO, you may hear us talk about. This is really important because most of the customers in the 21st century, in our day and age, are Googling to find out where to get the different services they need or to find uh, new businesses. So that's how they're finding out about you. You want to make sure that you understand exactly how you're being presented on Google So every once in a while, be sure to Google your business. And if you need some help with uh, the way you rank and how you're presented, uh, be sure to reach out to us here at Oddly Natural. We'd love to help you you out um, with their new website or just fixing your search engine results. So uh, that's our tip of the week is to make sure you're Googling your business. Guest today is Cami Garvey from Abilene Yoga House. Thanks for coming by and visiting with us for a little bit. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. So I always want to start out here. Um, what's your Abilene story? How did you come to Abilene? Um, how did you end up in our little Ooh, beautiful town? Here? That's a loaded question, but I'm going to answer it honestly and um, transparently. I ended up out here from for Shades of Hope. Okay. Um, I came out here, I was 325 pounds and um, just struggled with making life work. And so um, a suggestion from my therapist in Plano, she said, you need to come out to Abilene. And on my way here, I thought, where is this place? Because when I moved, when I came out here in 98, Kirby Lake was dry. The Abilene Lake was dry. You know, grew up in the city of Dallas and it was wet and you know green. it was green and there were trees and I thought I have moved to the pits yep. I, I'm just gonna be honest with you and no, I, I, I probably people think that um, when they first come here but boy it's the Bermuda Triangle something sucks you in and I think it's the community that I just I loved it it was it's easy to live here um, there's no traffic to speak of 
and it just, it worked. And so I stayed out um, at that treatment facility for about a year and they finally said, Cami, you're good. You need to go on. <laughs> and so um, I started building up a business back then doing nails okay. and um, yeah, so that's how it happened. Abilene. Well, and so, so keep going. You, you, you start off doing nails. You're now the reason why we, we know of you is Evelyn yoga house. Yes. Um, what, when did you get into yoga? I mean, obviously so, yoga has had kind of those ups and downs of really, super high popularity. And then for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't even realize it had been in the West as long as it had. I'd been watching a movie and, you know, back in the 20s and 30s, it came back. And then, of course, when the Beatles brought in Hare Krishna and all that kind of stuff, you know, it started that. And so I think a lot of people associate yoga with probably peace, love, and um, smoke and dope. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, but um, it is not that for me. So when I went to the treatment facility, one of the exercise regimens was yoga. And, you know, being a large woman, I didn't like to bounce. I mean, that was a huge thing for me. It hurt my body. It hurt my skin. It hurt my joints. And it was uncomfortable. And I didn't like to sweat. So they started with yoga. And then when I left treatment, um, there was nowhere to do yoga in Abilene. And I needed to be led. Um, it's not one of those things that I'm so uh, rigid and get up in the morning and going to do a yoga practice because I'm so new to it. And then a lady moved here from the military and started at a yoga studio and I immediately fell in love with it. And from then on, I'm like, yes, this is what I want to do. And she saw something in me. She saw that I was really attuned um, with my body and in tune with alignment. And she said, I want you to go to teacher training. And I was like, there's no way. I mean, I do nails. I didn't really think there was much more to offer. And, um, so I went. I went to Dallas, and I also went to Santa Fe with uh, T.S. Little Prajna Yoga. He's kind of a big deal in uh, the yoga world. But um, I just fell in love with it. And those teachers saw something in me, and they were like, yes, this is your calling. And bringing it to Abilene has been, it scared me. Mm -hmm. It was something that it's not huge money-making, and I can kind of meet a little bit of the old thoughts behind mm -hmm. yoga and people think it's a religion and it's just not um it's not just physical exercise either it is life transforming and that's what it did for me it transformed me it taught me i might have lost uh, 176 pounds over the you know years that i have but i still thought of myself as being that big girl mm -hmm. um and so what yoga has taught me to do is come fall in love with myself again it was a huge deal for me because i don't know if I think that a lot of people think this way. We really are hard on ourselves. Um, we're not doing things perfectly. We're not busy enough. We're not popular enough. We're not liked enough on Facebook. Um, all of these little things that I think are leading towards a really downward spiral um, of self, uh, self-defeating thoughts. And so yoga has definitely transformed my thinking process as well. Is it fair to say that, that it has... At least from that's looking in, it looks like it's grown exponentially as far as in terms of popularity and just kind of critical mass media appeal. I mean, it's mm -hmm. you know in movies all the time, and you know one of my favorite movies of recent years is The Intern, and you know you have in bigger cities people doing it in the park and just doing it for free, you know, doing it for fun. Um, is that fair? Has it grown in popularity? Have you seen that, or is that for sure? Um, the yoga clothing industry is a multi 
million dollar company now. Um, where before, you know, you just go in sweatpants, right. you know, go in your Adidas and your Nikes and things like that. Um, so even on that level has grown. But I think that people are very desperate for stress relief. We live in a Western society, society where um, nothing is more important than slowing down because we are so accelerated. We're accelerated by you know, physical things, caffeine, Red Bull, and then accelerated by expectations and accelerated by just busyness and trying to get a step ahead, step ahead, step ahead. And we need that downtime because we really don't have much to give if we don't, you know, refuel, I think. So yes, it is fair to say that for sure, that it has grown exponentially. So when you, when you come back from the training, you become a certified teacher and you decide you're going to start doing yoga here in town. How do you get your name out there? How do you, was there a community that was already kind of... Somewhat there, and you kind of a little bit that, or kind of from when you came back to where you are now. Kind of talk us through your marketing kind of story of how you've got your name out there and created a brand and, and yeah. those types of things. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. The first when I first started teaching yoga, I didn't want a lot of people to know about me. I was nervous. I was scared to teach. I didn't think I had a lot to offer because uh, I was so new, and I had just come from really experienced teachers that had forty years in the making. And so at the beginning, I was like, um, I'm good with just sitting back and not doing anything. But the people of Abilene, they were craving it. They loved it. So they started telling people. And that's how it started. And I was so surprised from starting um, in a class that had two or three people. Within weeks, I would have 17 to 25 people in that one class. And uh, the class is called Yin. It was a Yin class, which is... You stay low to the ground. You're not doing all these crazy pretzel moves that you see in magazines. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not picture perfect as no pose should be. People were craving that downtime. And then um, I left that studio and wanted to take a break because giving so much of yourself and being so transparent um, it can be a little uh, challenging at times. And so I took a little break and thought, I'm going to just teach a couple of classes out of my house. So I would send out evites to people that I knew that liked yoga. And pretty soon in my little living room, um, I would have to empty my sofa, <laughs> everything out of it. And there were 25 people within weeks again. And I thought, okay, <laughs> this is something. This is something special. And I felt uh, this stirring within me. And I took that leap and I found a really inexpensive place to rent because uh, it's a yoga studio, there's just, it's not a big money producing thing. And to depend on people's likes is scary, you know, to see if they're going to like yoga or not. And so I opened up Abilene Yoga House on Tana Hill. And at first I started with four classes. And now uh, in the wintertime we have 16 and in the summertime we have 11 and they're busy. And we offer stand up paddleboard yoga with um, sub kayaks here and Bend and Brew at Sock Dollagers. And so it's just been a real neat, organic process for sure. Well, that's, that's where I actually wanted to go next was you have, seems like purposely taking it out of the studio, which is what everybody kind of thinks of as kind of where you do yoga mm -hmm. in the studios, and gone on water and gone downtown. And all, mm -hmm. you know, always doing stuff, you know, down, yes. downtown and doing stuff with a brewery in town, Sock Dollager. What where did that kind of idea come from and what does that mean? What does that do for that experience to, to take it out of kind of right. 
comfort zone or whatever you want to call it and do it in these kind of unique ways? Well, at first, I wanted people to have an idea that yoga is tangible for everybody, anywhere. Um, you know, doing it in a park, you don't have the props like you would in the studio. And I wanted people to associate yoga with fun. I think a lot of times they think it's so serious and so, you know, that you should have this mind-blowing, spiritual awakening type thing or you're going to be upside down. So I just wanted the public to see that it's a tangible, organic experience. And bringing it on the water was selfish. I love the water. I miss the water. And I thought, okay, how can I get something on yeah. the water here? And my friend Amy that has the Sup Abilene, uh, she said, you can totally use these, you know, and um, let's work on doing this together. And it started two or three classes three summers ago, and now we're doing it every other weekend, and they're full. And so that's been really neat to see that fruition. Are, are people able to stay on their boards pretty early? No. Is, is there a lot of swimming going uh-uh. on? <laughs> you want to get wet. It's hot. It's Hades out here in Abilene. I mean, it's what, 106 this summer so far? But I, I usually, because people are afraid they're going to fall, and I try to make that like a mirror in life, you know, we're so afraid to fall. We're so afraid to tap into the shadows of life. I know that sounds deep and stuff, but we can't all be light and fluffy. We can't always have this perfect life uh, on the outside while the inside is tearing us apart. And so what I usually have them do is I'll say, okay, everybody stand up on your board and jump to your right. And they look at me like, what? You said, what? And I'll say, jump to your right. And so they jump, they get in the water, and I said, what's the worst that happened? And they're like, we got wet. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Get right right back up. Yeah. And that's life. Well, it seems like one of the primary ways that you've been able to market to grow as much as you have is you have kind of developed this community. Like you said you were here and you moved there and having kind of that core following um, would be huge for any business. How, how have you gone about cultivating that and continuing to grow kind of that, that core group that's been with you in a couple different places um, to basically have many disciples out all over right. the community kind of. So beginning wise, I would say prayer and uh, manifestation. <laughs> It, it, it has always been, my number one goal is to build a community. It can feel really lonely here, um, especially when you're trying something new, especially with yoga, because I have met some, you know, really challenging people that thought that it was this way and then come to find out, you know, oh, it's not that way. And so from the very beginning, um, and something that yoga talks about in the sutras is sangha, and sangha means community, and it's about building that community um, not just in the yoga community, but just bringing everybody together and learning to coexist, no matter if, you know, you're Indian, if you're Jewish, if you're Christian, whatever it is, just to bring it together. And so I think that, um, what was your question? Did I run off on that one? I don't know. You're just talking about how have you continued to cultivate that community as you've gotten bigger, as you've moved from place to place to basically have that kind of core customer base if you want to think about it. I don't know. I really don't know. I do what I love. And I think that, that obviously comes through something must yeah. come of that. Something must come of that because I am passionate about this. I'm constantly learning. Um, I even get all of the yoga instructors together that I mean they're not just at my te- at my studio. They're at the gyms, they're at other studios and I get them together and let's have dinner and let's have, you know, this community time because I think it's important. You know, I think a lot of business get into competition and that's just not, that's what I have loved seeing about, I see it a lot in downtown. I see the breweries supporting one another. I see the wineries supporting one another. It has been so cool to see people 
help each other out. Um, and so I, I honestly don't know. I just, I know that I love what I do and I post a lot on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, huh, I could probably go back to treatment for Facebook addiction at this point <laughs> because I am constantly on some kind of social media pushing and encouraging and trying to be uh, transparent and maybe relatable. Awesome. Well, I only have two questions left for you. The last one I want you to answer is, we, we talk a lot here at Ugly Natural about the best way to market is just to tell your story. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you're doing on Facebook. It's what you're doing through your community. So I want you to give you a chance to basically just tell your story as, as quickly or as long as you want to, to the audience that's listening today, you know, about Edwin Yoga House, what they're going to experience when they come in, why they should come in and, and those types of things. But before that, I've got to ask, is goat yoga going to happen? <laughs> Not on my watch. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I have had lots of requests for goat yoga and kitten yoga. And I think, you know, uh, those animals have to eliminate. And I don't want them to eliminate on me. So I am good to go in the non-animal incorporating yoga business. Go, go to the big city for that one. We actually made, we have, a, we have a goat yoga joke on our new website that we just launched. Oh, no. It was, it was the idea of taking trends and following it. And the joke was, if you do it really well, you get goat yoga. And if, it goes really bad. You get goat yoga poop in your head. Yes, you do. Exactly. And that's the thing, too, is that's what I love about yoga is that, I mean, there are many different aspects, but the way that I teach is very classically trained. Okay. I love the classic, you know, sit in a pose, see how it feels, you know, just feel the space and that freedom that you're starting to create, not just physically, but the headspace. I don't know about you, but in between my temples, that headspace uh, is really important to me because my brain worries and it worries and it worries all the time. So it gives me a chance to have that downtime. Awesome. Well, just let everybody know, obviously you're on Facebook. How can they get a hold of you? Um, if they want to get involved, go to a class. Yeah. Just kind of give all those kind so, of information. So is probably the best way. We've also got a mind body app on the phone, um, on an Android and iPhone. And you can see the schedule with that. And Facebook, Abilene Yoga House. Instagram is A Yoga House. We also are, which I wanted to tell you this, we are the first yoga teacher training school within 150 miles. This is a big deal to Abilene. And I don't think Abilene realizes what goes into becoming a certified yoga school. And we're also um, a yoga certified um, continuing education provider. And the first one in 150 miles, it's huge. And so what I would love is if people from like the little towns, Eastland, Winters, all these little towns to come in and do teacher training and then open up their own little, you know, genre there of studios. So um, that's actually starts in October. So that's a, that's, there you go. that's so a big you, one. <laughs> uh, I know I heard it here first. So yeah. a lot of you hopefully hear, heard yeah. it here first. If you know anybody that wants to not just do yoga, but, but help others. Mm-hmm. Do it as well. Yeah. And um, get it into schools and help, you know, teachers, facilitators. You know, the kids these days are struggling and prisons. There's Yoga can go anywhere. You can just go anywhere. Well, thank you very much for coming. Thanks, Grant. It was not too late. It was not. <laughs> you were sweet. It's finally time for This Week in Abilene. And... This is a perfect example to make sure uh, I say again that if you have an event that you want to be talked about on this podcast or listed, please let us know. Um, all we can really do is pull off of the different sites that we know about, um, and I'm sure there's more things going on this week than what we have listed. 
so we would love to know about what's going on in Abilene. So be sure to uh, send us a note on Facebook, Instagram, email, whatever the best way it is for you to reach out to people. We are available. That being said, we've only got three things on our list of what's going on this week, and they all happen to be on Thursday. So Thursday, as always, like we have every other week, uh, there's a city council meeting, so be sure if you're interested in watching that live, you can do that online on the city website, or you can show up, um, or you can watch the replay online as well. Thursday is also Grace After Dark at 8.30, so that's always a fun event every single month. Be sure to check that out downtown at the Grace at 8.30. Before that, um, if you just want to spend all evening downtown, which is not a bad idea, we also have Art Walk, so that's from 5 to 8 downtown, which is always just a great time. Family-friendly atmosphere to see what's going on downtown in the art community. A lot of fun. So those are the three things. City Council Meeting, Grace After Dark, and Art Walk. If you would like us to share your event on this podcast, be sure to reach out. And that's it. So we will see you next week on the Naturally Abilene Podcast, brought to you by Aubrey Natural, Digital, Branding, and PR.